God bless you wherever you are. Thank you so much for joining us today as we record this podcast. Thank you for joining myself, Reverend Ben Cooper, and our lovely friend Steve, Steve Valor, that's with us. Afternoon. He is crying out from the other side of the mics, and uh, we thank you so much for joining us. All those across New Zealand, great, great, fantastic uh, feedback we're getting there. New Zealand, uh, America, all around the world. We thank you for the thousands of downloads of these podcasts. May God bless you. And uh, may God continue to strengthen you. We are living in glorious times and uh, God has placed a very interesting subject on Steve's heart as he always does. And uh, that is the title of today's podcast, whether you're on Spotify, Apple Play, iHeartRadio or Amazon Music, it will be titled up as this, Your Language. And then the bit of the preamble that we have before we press these buttons, as soon as you mention uh, your language, we start to think of, uh, uh, you know the elsewhere and all that sort of stuff but it's got nothing to do with that your biblical language the way that you interpretate the way you use the word in the way you describe and uh since me and steve have been doing these now for a good number of years these uh we started out when uh, the podcast when we was just uh coming into lockdown and all that sort of razzmatazz and they've progressed to what where we are now thank god that he supplied everything to get to where we are um but one thing i have learned is that the terminology that i've grown up in in the church is three quarters wrong easy three quarters wrong and uh we're gonna hand over to our lovely brother steve great bible teacher steve off we go my friend right good afternoon everyone and in the far-flung reaches of this earth yes i'm speaking to people in new zealand you certainly are right Okay, we're going to pick it up in 2 Timothy, second chapter, and one. we're going to do 1 to 15, not 1 to 14, 1 to 15. So, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles or sorry, entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ, of the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not changed, chained. Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithful, he remains faithful, He cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Praise God. Now, most of uh, interpretations of of that section, uh, this is a faithful saying. Yeah. Uh it's uh well it you've got to per- persevere under uh, 
strife and strain that's going yeah. to come against you. You've, you've <clears throat> got to fight the good fight and not get entangled with the world and so on and so forth. <laughs> and um, we come to the point where it says, uh, if we deny him, he also will deny us. And uh, people say, ah, oh, this this means Jesus said that if if, if you do not um, if you do not honour me before men, then I will not honour you before the Father and His angels. I will deny you. But if we look at the context in which this begins, yes, yeah, Paul is telling Timothy to be an able teacher. An able teacher. Okay. And at the end he says, remind them of these things. That's the people that Timothy is supposed to be choosing. Charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit to the ruin of the hearers. Now, you've been taking a lot of stick recently uh, about your stand on uh, predestination. Yes. And how it is that... uh, the atheist uh-huh. at some point may well meet with the living God because that's what God has chosen to do yep. and he will convert him and change him. And everybody goes, oh, no, no, that's not right. That's not right. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, everybody is wrong Amen. because we are all atheists at we some are point. All, Steve, I'd kiss you. <laughs> that is so true, isn't it? We're, yeah, we were was all, all atheists yeah. at some point. Yeah, I mean, Romans... Uh, three yeah. says, you know, no man seeks after God. Right? No man seeks love after it. God. Love it, love uh, it. And also in Romans 8, it talks about the carnal uh, mind cannot yes, yeah. discern the things of God. The it, carnal it's, mind. It's not, you know, it cannot be the done. And fact, mind. the carnal mind is enmity towards God. Yeah. And before everybody is saved, they are carnal and they hate God. Every man jack of us. There's not one that is free of that. And that should give us freedom to know that he chooses us. That has given, since we've been studying this and talking about this, this has given me so much freedom that it's not by my strength, not by my ability, nothing to do with me. God saved me. Yep. And I love that. It's given me peace. And now, if we look at, I'm, go- I'm going to ask you a question, all right? Oh, You've been reading the Bible for several years, oh. so you must know some part of it. Oh, Lord. Tell me, oh, no. whereabouts in the Bible does it say, choose Jesus? Nowhere. Tell me in the Bible where it says, give your heart to Jesus. Oh, hang on. Nowhere. Where does it say, give your life to Jesus? Nowhere. Nowhere. Three main areas I cannot think. What it says, the only place I can pinpoint is come and follow me. Yeah, but that's... That's, that's just... That's a call on the people, That's a calling on the people, but that's literally... That's not the people that are choosing, is it? So, as Steve has brought this up, it's so true. There's nowhere for these three big hitters that he's brought to the table. Nowhere that I can think. No, there isn't. But, but we hear, don't we? We hear the language of the church. In actual fact, the only time you'll find the Lord laying out, choose this day whom you will serve, yeah. right? You will find it with Moses when he comes down the mountain the first time, and the people say, we will do everything that God yes. tells us to do. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And then 
they continue to fail over and over <laughs> and over again. God gives them the choice of gives them yeah, the ability yeah. to, or gives them yeah. the chance to choose. Yes. And every time they choose, when they come to the mountain of the blessing and the mountain of the cursing, well of course Course you know, we will. Course we will. We will, we understand we've got no problem. And of course they fall flat on their face. Every time. Then we go into Canaan, we go into the promised yeah. land. Okay? Yeah. And we come towards the end of Joshua's life. I think he was about 110 when he died. Okay, mm-hmm. And prior to that, he says, choose who you will serve. Yeah. And I say, we choose the Lord. We choose the Lord. We will. We will. We'll we, hear, we hear it and again. He says, but you can't. But you can't. And then he lays out yeah. what will happen. Come on, tell us more. Right? Yes. Yes, he does. And then he says, but as for me and my house, we, we shall. will serve the Lord. But everybody says, no, 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 we'll, we'll serve the Lord, we'll yeah. serve the Lord. Yes. All right, we'll do everything, okay? And then what happens? All goes pear-shaped again. Here we go, back right. to... Uh, the, the, the next significant time we come up against it is Elijah and the prophets of Baal. And yeah. he says, yes. gather everybody yeah. at the mountain. Uh, yes. Okay? And I will... I'll say to you people now, why do you keep vacillating? Why do you keep stumbling between two positions? Mm -hmm. Okay? If Yahweh is the Lord, then serve him. But if Baal is the Lord, serve him. Yeah. And then he goes through the business of of the sacrifice. Yes. And we have the worshippers of Baal dancing around, slashing themselves, doing all the business. Nothing happens, of course. And at the end of it, we know God sends down fire, burns up everything. The lot. The lot. All right? And then suddenly people, oh, let's kill all the prophets of Baal, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> but every time these choices are given, yeah, choices. they are given to people who say they know God. They are not given to people oh, that come are on. not supposed to be Yahweh's. So right? this makes a clear biblical fact that... No one outside, because I believe you're making two circles, just for quickness here. Steve's making two circles. The circles that he's talking about are the church, the the call, those ones in that. Even they're going, yes, we will, but they don't. And then on the the other circle of the world, there's no way no one in the world is going to go, I'm going to go and follow that holy God. Uh, When you, the closest you can come to this idea again of choosing who yeah. you serve, is in the letter to the Hebrews. Open that up a bit. Well, the letter to the Hebrews is written uh, from a Jew. We don't know who it is, but in the diaspora, and he's writing yeah. back yeah. to the Jews that are in Jerusalem. Yes. And at that time, it's probably around about 68 AD. So we're around about two years before the destruction of the temple. Right. And we know that there's been a big furore and uh, the Jewish authorities want to kick the Christians out. There's all sorts of stuff going on. And uh, there were arguments about whether they could go in the temple, whether they could, whether they couldn't, so on and so forth. Now, there came this point where um, there were certain Jews that thought, OK, what we'll do is we'll go back into Judaism for a while. Uh-huh. And then when all the fury and, and the persecution has died down, we'll come back and worship Jesus. <laughs> and the whole context of the Hebrew letter is saying to them, uh, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't. You can't 
switch. All right, you can't keep switching back to suit your lifestyle no. to hide in no. that camp, and then when it's all good, hello Jesus. That's it. Because he goes <laughs> on in uh, chapter six of that uh, letter and says, "If you keep going backwards and forwards, choosing, oh. choosing that, and yeah. then choosing him, yeah. and then choosing that, and choosing." Yeah. If you think you can do that, you're going to be crucifying the Son of God afresh. Because basically what you're saying yes. by your actions mm. is that his first sacrifice was insufficient. Yes. I got you. So, so you're we've got to crucify him all over again. Again right. and again. So this isn't, and this is the thing about uh, Hebrews. Everybody's, oh, see, you can lose your salvation. Um, it's about the rejection of Christ. Now, I'm sure that there will be people in amongst those Jews that would have carried on in their rejection, Yeah, would have gone back mm. to the temple and then tried to have come back. back. Now, we have to consider whether or not they were really saved, if they think that they can do this, because mm. you can't do that. Or you can consider the fact that they did it, and in two years later they found themselves in a very difficult position when the temple was, it, it was destroyed. Oh. Um, <clears throat> when we look at the characters of, of Judas and Peter, we have two men that denied Christ. Yeah. And the argument often comes, well, Judas could have repented. <laughs> um, no. Apart <laughs> from <laughs> the fact that the devil had already entered into yes, him. Yeah, yeah. very of, clear, isn't it? Yeah. At the time of denying Christ, there's something about the man. He was chosen for that purpose. For that purpose. And whatever way we look at that, because people really go, oh, poor old Judas. Poor old Judas. Poor old Judas. Yeah. But he was chosen. He was chosen. For that mission. Yes. That, that, and that, that is a very powerful part of the Gospels, isn't it? Yes. It's very powerful. It's scripture based. And it is, well, every, well, you know what I'm saying. It, it, it had to be. Yes. There and had it's to not, be someone. It, it, it's, it's not as if poor old Judas, um, wasn't as rotten and as stinking as everybody else because he was because everybody's like that. everybody's Bible, like that. The Bible, makes it, the Bible clear. makes it very clear. Yeah, the carnal man is rotten. Is enmity yeah. towards God? Yeah. I mean, if if I let me go to the quote uh, from the Roman uh, letter, and if people were to read uh, seven and then read eight, they, <laughs> chapter seven. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Oh, what a wretched man am I. And then go in. Paul talks about what he's gone through, what he's going through, about sin in his life, how he's going to deal with it, what's he going to do, a wretched man I am. And the whole point of it is that what Paul is laying out is that it's only the man who is saved and knows Christ feels wretched about his sin. Love it. That that is so so true. Because right. when I was where I was, I didn't even think of God. I was enjoying it, and it it was just it was the normal drum of life. Yes, and that, and I was an atheist. Yes, I mean everybody yeah, every, does. I mean, who, no matter who you are, who, you know, down a pub or wherever you, know, you are, whatever, snorting it up your outer or it, whatever it is. You, know, you are anti God. Yes, anti Christ. Yes, and. When I was anti-Christ, anti-God, he had a plan for me. Yes. So why would anyone in the world want to go, 
you've got you now you've got that wrong because really you have the power. Well, we'll, we'll come out. Come we'll on, come on. lips are closed. But uh, it says here in Romans eight and seven because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be subject. Interesting. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God, and then he goes on about those that walk in the spirit and so forth, uh, and. Uh, if you have the spirit of Christ, then you are Christ's. If you don't, then you're not. Yeah. Now, the choices that come to us as Christians is do we sin or don't we sin? Oh, that's the one. That's when the choices come. That's when the choices are right? And then we wrestle, and we wrestle, and then we fall sometimes. And we come back and seek God again, and we grieve over our miseries. Yes. And we, the, the choices come before us again. Who will you serve? Will you f- serve Christ or will you so, serve Satan? Yeah. All right. Which is a paraphrase of who will yeah. you serve? Yeah. Yahweh or Baal? Yeah. And we, much the same as the Jews, make an absolute pig's breakfast on it. Exactly. All right. But God, in His graciousness and in oh, His I mercy, love it. I love it. continues to work upon us. Yes. Okay. And gradually, very gradually, we find that the old man. It's weaker and weaker and weaker. Thank God. And we, in Christ, get stronger and stronger and stronger. That's beautiful. And we find things that were attractive and not attractive anymore. Yep. We find that things that we used to run to do, we hate to do. Yeah. Come back again. Come to back to the scripture. Romans 7 again. And we find ourselves in this position of the choices that are given, are given to us, the believers. The Choices are not given to unbelievers. You won't find anywhere in the Bible where choices are given. Okay? Correct. I've dug a hole for myself. Now I've got to get myself out of it. Yes. Let's go to Acts. The book of Acts. And we go to Acts 8. The scripture is so powerful. We pick it up in verse 26. <clears throat> Acts chapter 8, verse 26. 26. Okay. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charged who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Now, in those days, when people read, they read aloud. Right? It wasn't the way we read our... Of quite, it, was, it, was, it was a it, spoken... It was, it was a spoken... Yes, spoken. it was a spoken word. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. Okay, now, yeah. God has sent Philip. Now the Spirit is saying, go and overtake the chariot. All right? This is God at work. Okay? Yes. And he said, So Philip ran up to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? 
for his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptised? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptised him. Wow. The scriptures are very clear about the carnal man and about the heart. It says the heart is yes. deceptive above all things. Yeah. Yeah. So Peter, uh, sorry, Philip here is making a demand of mm. this eunuch. Yeah. Which can't be fulfilled by him as a carnal man because no. the heart is deceptive above yeah. all things. Yes, yeah. Okay. So as Philip preaches this word to him, faith comes by hearing and hearing, hearing. by the word of God. Praise God. Something changes in the eunuch. By the hearing. By the hearing of what is being preached yes. to him by Philip. Yeah. There is a change of heart. He's had his heart of stone taken out. It's been replaced with a heart of flesh. And Philip says, if you believe with all your heart, you may be baptised. And the eunuch says, I believe. Completely of God. That, Ben, is all that has to be asked of people when the gospel is preached. You don't have to stick your hand up in the air. No, you don't. You don't have to come running down the front. Praise God. You don't have to go through... All the razzmatazz, you have to ask the question, do you believe? Now, and to get to that point, God has already started. He may or may not. The point being is that it's not up to us. No, yes, that's what I'm saying. It's not right? up to us. It's it's up to the preacher yes. to determine whether someone's saved. Yeah. He cannot tell someone he cannot. they're saved. Only God can tell a man he's saved. Yeah. Yes, that it's like the preacher's job is just to preach. Just to preach. Just preach. Yes, all he is. In, in he's short, just an all instrument. He is, he's a postman. That all right? Delivering a word. Like, I've got a message here for you, and here it is. Who will believe the message? Yeah, that's that's that simple. That's it. We don't need the figures. We don't need to know who's saved, not saved. Nope. What's going on? Just preach. And if someone says doctrine. they are saved, yeah, then their life will reflect that. Yes. Yes. If they are not saved. Their life will also Also. reflect that. And that's why you end up with wheat and tares in the church. They look very, very similar. Mm. But the tares offer no nourishment. Yeah, interesting. But the wheat offers nourishment. Yes. We feed one another. We do feed. Yeah, you're right. Right? Words. From words, um, biblical interpretation, the teaching and the sharing yeah, of the it's word. one of the reasons why we're supposed to gather together. Paul, Remember Paul, when, Paul, when he Paul said writes. to the Romans, I, I, I wanted to impart a spiritual gift to you. Yeah. That is, that we might encourage one another. So, yeah, even Paul right? so Paul, needs, Paul, Paul, Paul wasn't going to go down there and lay on hands and say, receive the gift of healing or receive the gift of that. Steve's hit a very interesting button there, because Paul said, I need it. Yeah. So... Here we have the great, I would consider, the greatest writer of all time, Paul. Yes. And he's actually saying, I need fellowship. some fellowship. Yes. And But we've got these 
these uh, characters out there that are <laughs> literally lone rangers. Yeah. Yeah. So it shows you, doesn't it, through scripture again, that the greatest writer of the New Testament with so, many, so much writing actually says, I need your fellowship. Yep. So we can bounce and encourage each encourage other. One yeah. Encourage one another from where? From the word. Yep. That that is quite. A, I've never, never really. God has never really revealed that to me before like that. That even Paul, I've read that so many times, you know. And God keeps the scripture until a certain point. That even teachers and preachers need encouragement from your brother yeah, or your sister. We all need it. Every we all need to us. sit around the table. Every single one of us. Yes. All right. We all need it because if we don't get it, we become we... boxed in a. Well, we, we can wither. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we can wither. All right, we can wither. We can get tired and exhausted, yeah. and it's like carrying this we weight. Uh, we wonder if, if, if what we're doing is right. Have I got it we right? We wonder about this, we wonder about that. We're not looking for, we're not looking to be bigged up. No, we're just looking we for... we need that encouragement. Because there's a difference, isn't it, between encouragement and being bigged up. Yes. The bigging up comes from the characters that we spoke about before, yeah. but the, the encouragement comes from your brother and your sister in Christ. Yes. How are you? Okay, let's have a look at the word. Let's pray for you. Well, see, this is the other thing that comes into it. Now, uh, let's take a a scenario. The preacher stands up and he preaches mm. uh, a message that God has given him. Yeah. And from that message, God ministers to people in the congregation. I know yeah. that it happened on Sunday, didn't it? It when did. With people, they came yes. up to you and said, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you've been reading my mail, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's going on? What's going on?" And the thing is that that's the spirit of God at work. Yeah, hundred. You have no clue or no understanding clue. of what was going on yeah. until after the event, and yeah. they came up and they shared with you that God had been speaking to them through what you were saying. Most definitely. So this is part and parcel of the gospel. In it's why we need teachers and preachers yeah. and so forth. So when we have this at work or the work of the Holy Spirit going on, we hear of a brother or sister that may be struggling or mm. contending over whether or not they're saved. Yeah. And it's at those times when we come alongside of them and we talk to them, we pray with them, we get to know them, we get to know their struggles. And these are the times of encouragement, that we strengthen one another with Praise songs God. and hymns, Praise spiritual God. songs. Yeah. And we are there to bear one another's burdens. So, so true, so scriptural. And one of the reasons why we need this is that if we don't have that, we don't know who the tears are. Interesting point. Yeah, yeah. if we don't have that. We don't know who the tears are. No. And the tears after a while will be revealed. Will start. Right? They will be revealed, but they mm. can cause a lot of problems in a fellowship. I've experienced. Right? Yes, yes, yes. So this idea of uh, choosing Jesus, choosing to follow Jesus, and putting your hand up and going through that that, that nonsense, all right? Yeah. Because that's what it is. It's a nonsense. Yeah. It's rubbish. Yeah. Go down the front, stick your hand up. I mean, we've all been there, we've all done it, we've all gone All engaged it. in it, all, right? all got sucked but into it. But it's not it. biblical. There's no, no biblical language no, that there backs isn't. it up. No. 
As I say, the only time when choices are given, yeah. they're given to believers. Yes. They're not given to unbelievers. God, dear, this is just throwing open the, the lid of this conversation, isn't it? It's not given, not given to non-believers. No, all they're asked to is, uh, do you believe? That's, that's all they're asked. That's do it. you believe? Do you believe? Yes or no? That's do it. you believe? Yep. Done. Bye. That's it. That's it. That's it. So all this altar call, the the sinner's prayer, oh dear me. You, it's you, man's It's wine. man's... It's man's... <laughs> Okay. Of keeping on his finger on the button. Uh, 1985. Yeah. We had marches for Jesus. Yes. Going through London yeah. and various other cities. We had people claiming the city for Jesus. Oh. We had people claiming this and that. They were doing prayer marches and prayer walks and so on and so forth. We are now 37 years, nearly 40 years down the line. And... The number of Bible-believing Christians in this country has dropped since then. Significantly. And being alive both then and now, now, and being able to see the result of what, what was supposed to be a powerful move of God. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't. It, no. It wasn't a powerful move of God. It was people... I mean, I remember one of the chants... With a good that, idea. I, well, I remember one of the chants at that time, if not now, when... If not us, who? <laughs> okay. If not now, when? If not us, who? And what they were saying in this declaration is that we are the children of God and we must take this place for Jesus and we yeah. must do this and we must do that because if we don't do it, no one else is going to. No one else is going to. Right? And there was poor old God sitting up in heaven and he's saying to himself, you know, I'm glad this lot turned up because I've been banging my head up against the brick wall for years and now they've turned up. Thank goodness I've done all this creation. Thank goodness now (laughs) these ones that I've created are telling me what to do and how to do it. Yes. And and the same thing with the um, the missions to England and Mission London and from people like Louis Palau and, and Billy Graham. Now, I know God would have used that and people would have been saved. But again, seriously, there were... There was, a, there was a great boast from... It wasn't, Louis Plough wasn't boasting. He, 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 he did give glory to the Lord. But he used to say things like, you know, thousands of people have come forward. Thousands of people have come forward. But it didn't do much good because the country's in the right state. It's declining, isn't it? Yes. Christian, we can't get away from the fact that it's declining. Well, it's not just that. It's not just the, the country's declining, but the biblical literacy yes, of the yes. church. And that's the key thing, isn't it? That yeah. That's the important thing here. Yeah. The biblical literacy of what we call, or what they call themselves, the church, yes. is almost non-existent. Well, in America, there's uh, something like uh, 250 million people that claim mm. to be Christians. But there's only 15% of them that have got a biblical worldview. So if we bring... Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so when they say, oh, you're a Christian, yes. Do you believe in reincarnation? Yes. Do you believe that Jesus is the only way? No. You ain't a Christian. You ain't a Christian. <laughs> Do you believe in creation? No. No. <laughs> so, you know, you, you can call yourself a donkey, but, you know, it ain't going to make any difference. You try eating the hay, it ain't going to do you any good. Um, so the point is that, uh, seriously, if yes. you, I mean, this 
Twit Rowan Williams. I don't know if you've seen. Yeah, it I've read it. Months. I read it, and I right. could not believe. Even when you pinged it to me <laughs> yesterday, what is it? It's uh, it's um, to do with the gender, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it's, uh, it's sanctif- a sanctified a sanctified journey. And you think, is it really? Is it? Yeah, right, okay. I, I mean, I thought it was <coughs> so. Bad. My <laughs> sin is sanctified. Uh, to be honest with you, I thought it was I'm bad enough sanctif- when he got yeah. the job. I'd have found out he was a druid anyway. But there we go. Yeah, but. <laughs> Dancing around the oak tree with his uh, yeah. dark sickle and his uh, mistletoe. Well, there we go. But this is the church. Bad world. It See, ain't. <laughs> comes back to what you put the title on today. The language. Language. The language is key. Yes. But it's not biblical. No. You see, the, the, the thing about language is that you can say you love Jesus as much as you like. Yeah. All right? You can say Jesus is my Lord. But the word is very clear. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And what that text means is that no one, no one can declare in truth yes. that Jesus is Lord <clears throat> other than by the Holy Spirit. Right? You'll find, I mean, you, you go out there, you'll yeah, find Christadelphians, you'll find JW, you'll find all sorts of people. And I'm able to tell you Jesus is Lord, but he ain't really, not to them. Not to them. No, he's not. Mm. And so this, I, this this text, only by the Holy Spirit, what does it do? Well, it comes back to God, and it says that God confirms yes. in that person <clears throat> yeah. that they are yeah. truly born again. You know that you know that you know that you know, and you, you, listen, there is no way of describing that, do no, you? No, no, no. I mean, a number of times you, you know, there was a thing on um, one of the Facebook pages. Uh, Calvin Robinson is uh, a bloke mm. that works for G, GBN News, yeah, uh, and he's been uh, uh, he's been going forward for um, curacy, mm-hmm. uh, and the bishops have uh, pulled the carpet from under his feet. And uh, there are things going on, you know, um, about it. Um, and uh, you get these very, well, I don't believe in God, and I don't I don't believe in Jesus, and I don't believe that, and I don't believe it. Hey, so what's new? <laughs> what's, what's nothing so, new under the sun? You know, what, do you want a pat on the head or something? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> don't, don't matter. You know, at the end of the day, yeah, it's true. you may well find yourself believing in this Jesus who so you don't believe in. That's because right. God wants to get hold of you, or he's... Gonna get older. That is so true. He's gonna get older. No one can escape. You can be the strongest and the most cleverest person with words and and say this and say that, but when God is gonna arrest you, your language and your ability and your skill sets are not gonna be able to hold him at bay. Uh, There's there's an old saying uh, about preaching the gospel. It's first to the glory of God. Yes. Second to the conviction of sin, yeah, and third to the salvation of the soul. You pulled that out the old right. bag. Now that second one, yeah, conviction of sin. Conviction does one of two things. Yes, it either drives people away or it draws people in. Mm-hmm. All right, mm, it does it? Does you yeah. either got people that say I couldn't care less, I'm not interested, go away, Off I don't go. want to know. Mm. All right, yeah. Or you've got people that say yes, I believe. Mm. You will find that people will say to you, yeah, well, you know, when I was saved, I know that I could have said no. You know, I, I, oh. I could have said to God, no, I'm, I'm not interested. Well, you, you could have done. You could have done, but... But when you go back and consider it, 
What was going on inside of you at that particular time? Did you even consider saying yeah. no? Did you? What made you say yes? What made you say, I believe? I believe. And then tell me that stuff. it was your fallen, intellectual, carnal mind <laughs> that made the choice. My flesh. It ain't going to happen. The flesh. There has to be... in uh, When Jesus was confronted by Nicodemus, <laughs> and Nicodemus, and he starts talking to Nicodemus, and Jesus says, "Well, you know, you, you've got to be born again." And Nicodemus, what? What, what, what is going on here? Isn't that in? That's a good, great, great biblical point, isn't it? When Jesus says, "You got what you," so Nicodemus <laughs> is a highly educated cat. Yeah. We he, know that you're from God. We know. <laughs> we know that you're from God. And then Jesus, Jesus completely out of left field, says, uh, "Well, you got to be born again." What do you mean, born again? How can Sorry, I? What, what's he going on about? <laughs> I've come to you by night. I'm a great learner and a great uh, articulate, and I've come to you and said, help. Yeah. And you said, I've got to be born again. And <laughs> then Jesus also says to him, uh, well, let's quote it. Let's quote the scripture. Let's, let's not, go. Let's go. Let's to not it. fiddle around with it. Let's get so straight into it. John 3. John chapter 3. And I would suggest anybody who's going to read chapter 3, read the whole lot. Don't yeah. stop at 3.16. Read the whole mm. lot. Okay, so, the new birth. Rabbi says, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him. He didn't ask a question, but Jesus answered him and said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Nailed it. You can't see it. Not enter it. You can't see. You can't see it. So there has to be a change within. Mm. All right? There has to be a change within. Now, if we just go down a few verses, we have uh, John the Baptist. Yes. All right. And it picks it up in 25. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. And they came to John and said, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. And John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. Wow. 27. Right. John replied, A person or a man can receive only what is given. given. Finished. That's it. You can't fight it. it it's coming salvation, everything is yes. given. Yes. It's given. Now, was it Pilate or Herod? I'll keep forgetting this because when um, when one of them, what one was it when he said to Jesus, he said, I've got power to release you or, well, or Pilate. and Pilate and, he, and, and Christ said, you've you only got, got power because it's been given. Because it's been given. Yeah. So there we go again. Yeah. It's been given. Now, I'm glad you've picked up that point at crucifixion because there's this intriguing mm. scenario Yes. Of the cross. Yeah. When there are two thieves being crucified next to Jesus. Yes. Um, in uh, the Gospel of Matthew, yeah. we are told that the two thieves were cursing Jesus. Yes. All right? Yes. They were joining in with, with everybody crowd. else and cursing him. Yeah. Right? But when we get to Luke, something has happened to so, one of those thieves. Something has happened to the one. Yeah. Something's happened to one of us. What has happened to him? Well, Where are we going? Luke. Now we're off to Luke. And it's Luke 23. 
And we pick it up in uh, verse 39. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, when the Lord is on the cross, uh, he says mm. several things. Yeah. All right? But not once does he... Not once does he refer to himself about whether he's the king of the Jews, whether he's he Messiah, not Messiah, nothing, nothing, nothing. So something has happened to this thief. What? All right, between Matthew and Luke, he's had a change of heart. A change of heart. And I use that very, very clearly. Yeah, very clear. A clearly. change of heart. Yes. At one point, he's blaspheming him alongside his mate. Yeah. And then suddenly, suddenly, he changes. Save yourself and us. Right. There's a change. He changes. Yeah. No one has preached the gospel to him. No, it's the darkest <laughs> hour ever. Yeah. Of ever of all yeah. humanity. Yeah. No one has preached the gospel. No. There's no preacher. There's no altar call. No. And he's talking about save. Yep. No preacher. Nothing. Nothing. Something's happened to that man. And it's reflective of when uh, Jesus is teaching. Yeah. And uh, there comes a point when he starts talking about, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood yeah. and so forth. And the people say, no, these, these things are too hard for us. We can't have any of that. We're, no, we're, we're going. We're not hanging about. And Jesus says to Peter, what about you? And Peter says something very interesting. He says, to whom else should we go? Wow. We have found, we've realised that you have the words of eternal life. Yeah. And apart from that, we've come to believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says this to him, Flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Comes back to again, giving, 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 yeah. giving. It's given. Yes. It's God that opened Peter's mind. So that's it, four or five references today that will clearly... Clearly, is God giving to yes. the human? Yes. It can't be the other way round. No. Even the faith. The only thing you're on asked. The, the only thing you're asked is, do you believe? Yes, Lord. You say yes or you say no. That's it. This is really important to me. That this is freeing me up of years of Pentecostal evangelical. All the razzmatazz. The th- I actually yeah, they, listen, mate. It's, it, you can go out there, yeah, all right, yeah. and you can go to any church mm. anywhere, and I'll cast iron guarantee you ninety nine point nine percent of them go through the decision. They go through the sinner's prayer. Yes. They go through the I choose Without Jesus. That. They go through the I give my heart to yeah. Jesus. I make Jesus yeah. my Lord. Yeah. So and all this. Yeah. Right. I. I, I really. I. Uh, whether there is a church or not, I don't know because I. I what do I know? I'm, I'm just some little schnook sitting here in Swanley. All I know is that we are asked to believe. That's all is being asked of you. Here is the gospel. This is the truth. 
Do you believe it? And that's it. That's it. That's it. And that, that is so simple. But all this altar call, all this discipleship, all this... All the stuff that goes with that razzmatazz yeah, well, <laughs> is so complicated. Yeah. You can see, can't you? Yeah, I mean, this this stems out of teachings that have been around the church for mm. hundreds of years about choosing and choosing and choosing and choosing. And if you go through this business of saying, okay, you choose, and you make this choice, and you do this and you do that, the man out the front wants proof. Yeah. All right? Yeah. He wants proof. So he wants you to stick your hand up. He wants you to say the prayer. He wants you to do this. He wants you to do that. Why? Because the man cannot trust God to do what God is choosing to do. Instead of just preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Have a cup of tea and go home and not even ask the questions. That's it. Because it's not about us. No. It's not about the ministry statistics. No, nope, not at all. It's not about this year we have had 4,000 saved. This year we've baptised 700. This no. year we've done. It, it, no. That is all about statistics and man. Well, we don't need to know, do we? When David numbered Israel, God got the ump, didn't he? That's, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true, yeah. He yeah. did, yeah. And he said, what are you going to have? You're going to have some... Hey, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? You've done what you shouldn't have done. You've said it. You've said it's done. Yeah. So it's on you so now. So now there's a price to pay. Yeah. Uh-oh. Now there's a price to pay. So there you go. So all we need to do is preach doctrine. And let God do what God does. And just all right. pack your bag and go to the next one. Come back and preach. Yep. Preach, 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 preach. And that takes a lot of pressure because the church is all about... I see it as a theatre more than anything now. Oh, yeah. Through this, because especially over through this Passover, the, it's performing. It feels like it's performing or it's got to perform yes. and show off and do all these, the lights, glitz and glamour rather than just preach the gospel. Yes. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Don't, don't give no altar call. Just preach. No, cause look at, just preach the gospel. Get out of God's way and let God do what he wants to do. Because that Luke 23, that we've what, what I've got open on front of me on this iPad, you know, the, the thief on the cross, there's no gospel preached. No. There's no preacher. There's no evangelistic meeting. There's no, no, there's no stadium with, with, with a, well, with someone giving a message. There's no revival tent. There's nothing. No. It's death. It's death. It's pain. It's agony. It's hanging on with your last breath. It's the darkest hour of anyone's life. He's coming to the end of his life. And this man acknowledges Christ. This is really deep. This has got so much in it. You deal with death all the time. All day. All right? Palliative care. You deal with death yep. all the time. Yep. Yep. And People I, tend to be extremely honest when they're dying, don't they? And this is punching the buttons in my heart because the conversations that I have at this point, not on the cross, but on the bed. Tell me. Yeah. And people... Unless they're off their trolley. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are extraordinarily honest. At? At the point of death. Yes. At the end of life. So when this guy, yeah. hanging on the cross, who has nothing to gain. He has nothing. All right? He has nothing. He's got nothing to gain. They're not going to let him down off of the cross. He's got nothing to gain. Suddenly... 
he confesses Christ is Lord. And this is an amazing text because when you look at one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself. So in this language, this conversation that's going on, hurling insults at him, then go, save us. At the same... There's that change. There's a change of heart. There is a change of heart. God takes out the heart of stone from a man that's been blaspheming his son, yeah. from a man that's been cursing his son, from a man that has been despising his son, who offers no belief or trust in God in any way, any way. suddenly has a heart of stone taken out of him, has a heart of flesh given to him, and he acknowledges that Christ is king. That's it. And the other, the other thief goes, we are, we are punished justly. For we are getting what our deeds deserve. Yep. But this man has done no wrong. Yep. So they're recognising at their last breath, we are getting what we deserve. Yep. But then we got this one that goes, please. It's it's a salvation call, isn't it? it well, it's not salvation not call. Not a salvation call. It's a, it's a, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a done deal by the Holy Spirit. He saves one person, but he doesn't save the other. He doesn't save the other. Now that opens up the door. To well, that's going to upset that's an awful lot of people. Up. But you've got two men hanging on the cross, One. both blaspheming. You've got to understand this. Yeah. Both are blaspheming, both are cursing. So Neither of the, them are making a statement of belief. So what's the choice? But suddenly, one of them changes heart. his heart. Yeah. Or has his heart changed. Changed by revelational knowledge. One does and the other doesn't. So that tells us so much. Tells us... Not everyone, not everyone will make it. No. And whose choice is that? This is God's God. choice. And let's just finish this off with uh, let's go. 1 Corinthians. We pick it up in verse 25. Steve, before you read that, could, yes, I, yes, could yes. I just quickly say, yes, this comes down to what we've been talking about before and all a lot of the time. He's sovereign. He's sovereign, yes, he is. So whatever he says is done. Yes. So that's it. And, you know, the vast majority of Christians don't like the thought that he's sovereign. They don't like it. Because the human must have the last word. The human has to somehow think that he has had something to do with his salvation. Yeah. Mm. Right? And the idea is that it's unfair if God chooses one and doesn't choose the other. Well, with the thief, you've got them both there. Both there. All right? Shoulder to sh- touching distance. Both with cursing Christ. Both. Both of them. Atheists. All right? Then suddenly one of them has a change of heart. The only way that that can occur is the Spirit of God works on the man. But he doesn't work on the other man. Exactly. Goodness, this is a deep... This is a... Right, come on. Let's bring bring us to land. uh, 1 Corinthians 1 and 25. We go through it to 31. But the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see, your calling, brethren, your calling, brethren. Your calling. Not, yeah, not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. 
and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence come on Jesus but of him you are in Christ Jesus to whom sorry who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that as it is written he who glories in him glory in the Lord now not once there, not once. Paul say to these people, uh, you scabby lot, uh, you chose to follow Jesus. No, it says here, you're a scabby lot and God called sure. you and he chose you. and You're you, lowly and he chose you. Yeah. He chose, he yeah, chose, he chose. He called, he chose. He, chose, he called, he chose, he called, he chose. There's nowhere, is there, when we really dig this and the Holy Spirit opens this up, that you can find this place where the man, the human, has that capability of saying, "I'm going to, do, I'm going to decide." Well, if you look at the whole of that current that, that Corinthian passage, Paul is saying in, in so many words, "Look, the wisdom of the world doesn't want to know." Yeah. Right. And men are wise in their own eyes. Eyes. Yeah. So they don't want to know God. So God. Has decided, decided to choose you, you rotten, horrible, stinking lot, just the same as me. All right, it's perfect. What? Someone who's done nothing, gone nowhere, got no credit of any sort whatsoever in the world. Yeah, I'm just some geezer what used to drive around the M25. That's but all. I'm God saying. chose. But God chose me. God called. God called. God chose God And what am I supposed called. to do? Paul says, so that no man may boast. Yeah. Am I supposed to go around and boast? I chose him. Really? No. Really? This is powerful. This is great. You know, <clears throat> comes down to that one thing, doesn't it? God chose us. God chose us. It's going to ruffle. Choosing. I can, I can still hear. He's still choosing. He's still choosing and he will choose and he's going to keep choosing. He's going to keep choosing. And the religious lot are still going to go, no, 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 no. That's right. And they're going to be like the, the, the worshippers of Baal. Exactly. They're going to be waving their flags and slashing their arms and jumping up and down because they're not worshipping the true God. They're worshipping, worshipping a false God. Amen. You've been listening to Steve Vallow and myself. We thank you so much for joining us. You can capture this a week down the line. We will see you next week, Thursday or Friday, as we record the next podcast. Thank you so much. And the title of today is very simply your language, your biblical language. Oh, Lord, we thank you so much. Lord, bless our brother Steve and his family. And we thank God for Steve's teaching. And we thank God that God has called and chosen Steve such a time as this have a great day wherever you are across this earth right the way out to australia and around the world we thank you so much you can find us on so many platforms so many different social platforms please share this stuff out have a great day wherever you are in the name of jesus amen